Hello, you're listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast. Whether you're at work, driving in your car, or getting your workout on, we hope and pray that what you hear today will fill your spirit. Come, join us as we walk through God's Word together. If you would read with me at verse 1. It goes, sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense against their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was angry with his two officers, the chief cupbearer and chief baker. And he put them in the custody in the house of the captain of the guard in the prison where Joseph was confined. The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them. They continued for some time in custody. Go down to verse 6. When Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were with him in custody in the master's house, why are your faces I mean, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. You may be seated. Serving when God is silent. This chapter 40 and 41, unlike the other chapters, 38 and 39, 38, I'm sorry, 37 and 39, 37 and 39, you hear it said, you know, several times, and the Lord was with Joseph, but the Lord was with Joseph. You hear that? You see that mentioned. Chapter 40 nor 41, do you get that mentioned? It's not that the Lord wasn't with him, and it was understood that he was, but this becomes probably one of the most quiet and silent times for Joseph. And I want us to be able to see how God is leading us through this, is that many times when it seems to be the darkest, Joseph went from dark to darker, when it seems to be the most silent, God is calling on us to serve him and others faithfully regardless. But how do you serve God when he's silent? You notice here it says in, in verse 1 that sometime, had, sometime after this or sometime had passed, Later on, we see that again. We don't get how much time, but we can kind of um, think through just by the, the, by the dates or the ages that they give us. We know that Joseph was 17 when he was sold into slavery. We know that he rose to power when he was 30. We know, and I'm not going to get into much of it because next week um, Elder Wright is going to be sharing on 41, but we know that two years had passed 
since the incident in 40 into 41. So we know he was around or somewhere around 28, 27, 28 years old. So here was a guy that had now spent about 10 years snatched away, I'm sorry, sold away from his family, unjustly imprisoned, and yet we see a guy, we see a young man who is serving faithfully. And I don't say young too because the ages that people were living back then were still pretty long. You were still getting 120, 150-year-old people that were you know, that we're still living. And so to be 25, 27, today, you know, we still see that as young. Some of us will look back on a 25-year-old and say, y'all still a baby, depending on how old you are. But can you imagine even here, he was still considered a very young man, but making some profound decisions and choices when he didn't have a whole lot to go by. I do believe Joseph held tightly on to his dream. And, you know, and, and we'll see it here in that that dream was such, and the two that he had, that he had to share it with his brothers and his family. And as part of what got him in trouble, I don't think for one moment that Joseph forgot that. He just didn't know how it was going to play out. And actually, by, <clears throat> by way of what he says later, I'm wondering if he thought it would happen there. I don't believe he did. Because he wanted to get back to his people. But God has a plan for us that as we live faithfully and serve faithfully, God will use us not only that we are blessed, but that many are blessed by us and by our faithfulness. And today, that's what I want to encourage us with, is serving when God is silent. There are some of you here today, you are waiting for God to speak. And it seems like, like my mother would always say, it seems like I'm talking to the wall. And God is still requiring of us and desiring of us a way in which we live regardless of what we think we hear from him or not. Some of it is based on what he's already given and some of it is based on what we already know. So let's jump in. Serving when God is silent. First thing I want us to see is that Joseph, how do you do that? You faithfully, he faithfully carried out what he was given. See, you always go with what you know. You always go with what is it that you know about God right now? and the scriptures that will give you enough to do what you've been given regardless of if it moves you forward with where you desire to be. What is it that he's actually given you and put in front of you to do? Because that's the first thing he does. He says here that sometime after this, the cupbearer of the king of Egypt and his baker committed an offense. Now, these were two pretty critical guys. 
one of the way, I mean, there are several ways to take a ruler down back then. The hardest way would be to attack his kingdom because you have all of his warriors, all of his soldiers, all of his people, his private guard protecting them. Okay, maybe you can sneak into the palace, but you've got to have enough inside folk mad at him that are going to let you close to him or her. But another way that you can do it, if you had someone that was close enough, is through his drink and through his food. You can poison his drink, which they were very careful about. And so the cup bearer was one that handled and oversight, and he, he had oversight for whatever the king drank. And it was critical that this guy was important. There was another person that was a cupbearer, and when his countenance was down and sad, the king got concerned and said, what's up with you? Do some of you remember who that was? In Scripture, there was someone else. King looked at him and said, what's wrong with you? Nehemiah. Because if the person that handles your drink is either acting weird or looks weird, I want to know. Because I don't know what's in my drink. And so the cupbearer was critically important. The baker, his personal chef, was also important because that could take you down as well. And so whatever they did... Pharaoh took that to heart and most likely for his life and put them in the prison to where their life was now in jeopardy. This was a capital offense, we would call it, and they were put in capital prison. And who else was put in capital prison? Joseph himself. Now, although God may be silent, you've got to see the providence of God here. Where God had put Joseph, Joseph had to take a downward descent. That was by God's design. Now, it doesn't, it, it doesn't um, um, absolve men from sin, but God works around sinful man. Potiphar's wife was still wrong for falsely accusing Joseph, but in her false accusations, God was still at work. And so he was going to be put into a prison and the Potiphar, the captain of the guard, had him put in capital prison. See, it is believed though, although it can't be conclusively stated, but boy, it is strongly believed when you see here those two officers that offended Pharaoh were put in prison under the captain of the guard. It's the same phrase, captain of the guard, that Potiphar's titled covered. And so it's believed that, see, we knew from last week, I believe, <laughs> I believe Potiphar knew what was really going on. And he put Joseph in a prison still under his charge. So he wasn't in his house. And look what happens. You have two guys that offend the king that are now put under the captain of the guard, and the captain of the guard appoints Joseph 
to attend to them. See, we wouldn't see that as a blessing. We'd be mad at God. So you got me serving. I done did what's right. Now I done gone deeper. Now you got these true criminals up in this prison, and you asked me to take care of them. That's what we've been like. Why, God? And God is saying, can you just be faithful? Can, can, can you just do your job? I'm actually working on something. Not telling you, but I'm working on something. See, because if Joseph had not been in that prison at that time, would he have, I mean, God could have caused it, but part of the plan, would he have met these guys who would end, I mean, who would end up being part of what got him before Pharaoh? See, the issue becomes we don't know what God has in play, but here's what we do know. You need to do what you know. Some of us are waiting for fresh revelations from the Lord. I was like, you have enough revelation. You don't need any more revelation from God. You need to live what you have received already from him. The word that you and I have today is enough for us to keep going. You've heard me share the story. I've learned it. You know, now here, I, and my wife and I, we will laugh at the GPS now because it, it actually gets annoying when you're in your GPS and it says, you know, in a mile, you know, uh, it says, in a mile, keep going straight on the road that you're going. In half a mile, keep going straight. Keep going. So I was like, I got it. I don't need you to keep telling me, keep going straight. What I need you to tell me to do is when I need to do something different. And so I've told you before, we've had that happen in Europe where I got used to this. You tell me every half a mile where I need to tell me how to keep straight and where I'm going. And there, the signs are totally different. And of course, when we were, we saw the detour sign and we kept going and kept going. And after a while, I'm wondering, okay, I don't see any more signs. It should be telling me, it should be telling me to keep going. Well, I thought you didn't want to hear to keep going. Well, I do. And I know if, if like after five miles, I don't see any more signs. Well, what we learned is in Germany, what they do is they give, you, they give you one sign and they'll give you the next sign when it's time to change. And so what they are wanting you to do is to remember the last sign you saw because that's what's giving you the direction. And when I need to change something, I'll let you know. But for some of us, boy, we don't like when God does that. Can you just keep telling me repeatedly what you want? And actually, we do have that in his word. But what God is saying here, Joseph knew that the Lord was with him. Joseph knew that he had given him the ability to administrate well. Joseph knew that he knew how to attend to people and to serve. And even though he was in an environment that wasn't desirable, he knew what he could do. Let me ask you today, what has God given you to do? that you're not doing, but you're looking for him to speak. I would say to you, he is speaking. He's saying, keep doing what you're doing. Don't change. I'll let you know when something else happens. So he cared for those for whom he was given. He didn't get upset. He didn't get mad. But then he was also confident in the gifts that God gave him. 
But I like, just before I go to that, I like how Joseph not only served them, he cared for them because when we see Verse 6, when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. How many of us wouldn't have given two drops of care how these two guys that I have to serve while I'm unjustly in prison looked in the morning? Dude, you ought to be glad I'm here. I wouldn't have cared. Your face is down. My face is down too. You're here because you did something wrong. I'm here because I did something right. And you want me to pay attention to you? I love that Joseph did not allow the injustice to change his character. He cared. He cared enough that he looked at them and said, man, what's wrong with y'all? Which leads into that next one. But let me ask you guys this. Have you lost your care and concern because, I mean, for others because God has not given you what you've desired? Have you lost that compassion that God has given you and you know you can have because God has not delivered on what you want him to deliver on or he's not saying what you want him to hear and so what ends up happening is you become cold and you become distant and I don't want to deal with this and I don't want to have anything to do with this because God ain't speaking. Oh, he already spoke. And that character that you've lived out you need to continue in. And so then the next one, he faithfully, not only did he faithfully carry out what he was given, he faithfully walked in how he was gifted. See, he knew and understood how God had gifted him. Not only administratively, so he says to Pharaoh's Men, you know, so he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in the custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? They said to him, we have had dreams and there is no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God. Please tell them to me. I love that phrase because I'm like, hold on. If they belong to God, why do I need to tell you? Because I believe God has gifted me to be able to help you. Because back then, again, dreams were ways in which God communicated with people, both godly and ungodly. And so Joseph had no issue saying to them, look, and I love this because he still had this, he still had this faith. Don't miss this. He still had this faith and trust in God enough that when they talked about why they were sad and why they were downcast, he takes them to God. There are some of us, man, we are angry at what's happening in our lives, and we don't direct anyone to God. We don't point anyone Christ's way. We don't even want to have a conversation about God because I'm mad. God has not done what I want. And so we don't lead people to Christ. We don't lead people to their answer because we haven't received ours. And God is saying, no, those 
who are living out my way, when I am silent, they will still lead people to me. Why? Because you know the character of God. You know the history. You know what he's done. Even though you're not experiencing what you desire, you know God still grants desires. You know God still answers prayer. You know God is still who he is. And so I'm going to encourage someone today, even though you've not received all of what or even half of what you desire, point someone to God because you know he's faithful. Point them. He says, do not interpretations belong to God. I love that. <clears throat> then he says, tell them to me. Once again, he gets involved. I'm wondering if Joseph ever thought, God, you've, did he ever get the interpretation of his own dream? I'm wondering that. Like, like did he? we don't hear it. We don't see it. Scripture doesn't say anything about it. He had these dreams. He's going to interpret these guys, and later there's another set of dreams that he will interpret. But he just had enough confidence that the Lord would respond and that God would use him to help them, even though he felt he wasn't being helped. And so they shared the dream with him. I'm not going to get into the details of the dream because that is not the focus of our time. They share their dreams. Both of them, uh, threes, are involved. We know that within about three days, it would be Pharaoh's birthday. Joseph was probably aware of that as well. God also working on him to interpret the dreams. And he tells him, in essence, the cupbearer, in three days, your head would be lifted up. You will be lifted up. Your head will be lifted up, meaning you will be elevated again. You will be highlighted again, and you will hand the king his cup. You will be restored. And the other one got excited. Wow, you, that's great. You interpreted his. How about me? I felt for that one because I was just like, I don't know what I would have done. I would be like, you know, you, you, maybe you messed up on that one. He said in three days your head will be lifted up too from you. That, that, that's exactly what it says here. Your head will be lifted up from you. And in three days, those things happened. What ended up happening? Cupbearer was restored. Chief Baker was hanged. But before that, which leads into that third point, he says he faithfully sought justice. See, we understand Joseph was still... Let's not think that he was going along as if ne and nothing was wrong and everything felt good. Go to verse 14. After he interprets the cupbearer's dream and says he will be restored, look at the confidence he has that God has given him the ability to interpret this man's dream. He says, only remember me when it is well with you, and please do me this kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, and so get me out of this house. You hear the pain, man. He don't want to be here. Man, get me out of here. 
And then he goes in deeper. Why? Why? For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews. And here also I have done nothing that they should put me into, notice the term, the pit. This is the second time. Where was he first put when he was grabbed by his brothers into a pit? And then we see he was taken down again into another pit in Egypt. And then he was taken down again into another pit into the capital prison. And Joseph has got to be wondering, I keep doing everything right. And it seems like everything wrong is happening. But everything wrong is not happening. Actually, everything right for Joseph is actually happening because it's putting him in a position, giving him skill, and helping him to be highlighted and showcased in the way that God desires. It's just that Joseph, nor us, wants to be showcased in a pit. I don't want to be. I know you probably don't want to be. If I'm going to be highlighted, put me up somewhere or put me out somewhere. Don't put me down somewhere. And for some of us, God may be bringing you down so that he can showcase and highlight who you are. And others will see you in the pit as a bright light shining. Why? So that when you are elevated from the pit, it will be known that it is God because you shined bright in the darkness. What is your pit? That because you have lived justly and rightly, you seem to be in. What is it? What is it that is hard for you to serve in and under that feels like a pit for you? Could it be God at work showcasing who you are? You and I both know that if you want to showcase a diamond, right, what do you put it up against? Darkness. When you want to show the brilliance of a diamond, if any of you have ever brought one, when they bring it out to you, they will bring it out on a black piece of velvet. Why? Because it is against that black, that dark um, backdrop that you will see with the light shining on the brilliance of the diamond. New Testament tells us that we shine as stars. In this world, we shall, in, in, this, in this dark and evil world. When do you see, okay, if you go out there right now, stars actually are still there. Why can't you see them? It's too bright. When do you see stars best? When it is dark. For some of us, when we shine best is when it is so dark. And that's what we don't want. And yes, God does. And so we see here, serving when God is silent, that he sought justice. He says, look, get me out of here. I'm in this pit. 
And this story does not, and this is not like our shows that we watch, our half an hour to an hour shows that by the end of the episode, everything turns out all right and we're excited and happy or one of our movies where we get the happy ending. This is more like one of those episode shows where you go from one to the other and at the end of this episode, you would think you would get with Joseph serving faithfully with him um, with him walking in how God has gifted him, with him doing all of that that he would get, and God came through. What do we get? My last point was, how do you serve God when he's silent? And I believe Joseph faithfully trusted God as he waited. Why? Because we get the end. When he said, verse 21, he restored the chief cupbearer to his position, and he placed the cup in Pharaoh's hand, just as Joseph had interpreted. Verse 22, but he hanged the chief baker, as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet, the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. See, that's not how the story's supposed to end. Wait, God, well, ho, 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 ho. Didn't I, didn't I do all this and I led people to you and I called on your name and, 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 and didn't I showcase who you were? Yeah. And you let me be forgotten? For some of us, we were like, now look, again, this is year 10 or 11. I'm the, I, okay, obviously, I can't please you. Obviously, I did something wrong. I'm out. This is crazy. But we don't get that. It said, <laughs> Joseph did everything. And God said, nothing. And some of us, boy, we would, we would want to nail God to the wall. And God has said, but if you know who I am, you'll keep trusting me. If you know my character, you'll keep holding on. You'll keep serving. You won't stop. This is for all of us in this dark and evil world that can seem like a pit that we shine bright against. God says, keep serving. See, we know God didn't forget him because we read the story. I believe Joseph didn't believe that God forgot him, but he just didn't know when God was going to respond. For you and I today, the story may seem like I've served faithfully, I've done well, and I seem forgotten. I'm just like, I, I don't know what else to do. Do what you know. I don't know where else to go. Stay where you are. I don't know who else to turn to. Trust in God. Why? Because as you are faithful in who, I mean, as you are faithful to him and his character, God has promised he will be faithful. And even when we're unfaithful, he says he is faithful. He cannot deny himself. His character is faithfulness. So today, I want to encourage all of us. Lean in when God is quiet because he's typically doing something deeper in us. See, when you and I were 
young in our faith, and for those that are young in, in the faith, God at times will answer right away. He will, because he's helping you to develop trust in him. You'll call, he answer, you'll call, he answer. Do you notice that as you grow in your faith, you'll call, he'll answer. You'll call, and as you start to grow, you'll call, you're like, okay, Lord, I'm waiting for that answer. What is he doing many times? God is wanting you to trust his character, trust his history, trust who he is. He, look, 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 stop having to have God spawn, respond all the time right away. It's like that kid who with his parents, you love me? I love you. You love me? I love you. You love me? It's just like every, you have to hear it. It comes a time when you know because of my parents. I didn't have to, after a while, ask my mom, did she love me? Or my dad, I saw it in the way that they dealt with me. I saw it in the ways that they handled me and the ways that they lived around me and they gave to me. And then it came to that point where I would say, I know you love me. And even when you didn't answer or even when you didn't respond like I would have wanted quickly, I still know your love for me. For some of us, God is calling on us right now. Maybe he's silent because he wants you to say, I want you to grow up a bit from having to have me respond right away before you trust me. You need to know that my character is I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never have you in a position that is outside of my will for you. Now, notice I didn't say everything's going to be all right because I don't know what be all right is in your mind. Everything will work out the way God desires. How about that? Everything will work out how God wants to grow you up and to bless others through you. See, the issue is, Maybe the silence is a chance for you to say, God, I'm trusting you regardless. And even if you take 10 or 11 years, 12 or 13 years to answer, I'm trusting you. Because God, I read this just recently, God does not respond based on our calendar, but based on his will and desire for you and for what he's doing. God does not respond based on our calendar. My calendar says, I wanted you to respond last week. God's calendar may say, I'm going to wait 10 years. <laughs> and I'm like, say what? Because for him, he doesn't respond in years. And we'll see next week what continues to happen. Let it encourage you. Don't walk away. You have no idea what part of the process you're in. But develop the character that says, God, I'm waiting on you. It doesn't matter how long. Because that's what he does. You've been listening to the Solid Word Bible Church podcast, and we trust that you've been blessed. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at solidword.org. Thank you for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.